Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rose, and welcome to episode 174 of the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favor and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. There were no big games out last week, but the games coming out this week include Hako Life, World of Outlaws Dirt Racing, Moon Scars, Grounded, FIFA 23, Top Don't Fall, One Hell of a Ride, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, Brewmaster, Work From Home, Let's Build a Zoo, Lemon Cake, Blade Assault, Arrowheart, Bunny Park, and Paw Patrol Grand Prix. An update for Now Playable and coming soon to Game Pass was released. Available today, you can now play Deathloop on cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S, Hardspace Shipbreaker on cloud and Xbox Series X and S, Spiderheck on console and PC, Beacon Pines on cloud console and PC, Slime Rancher 2 Game Preview cloud PC Xbox Series X and S, then on September 27th on cloud console and PC you can play Moonscars and Grounded. On September 29th, you can play Cloud Console and PC's Let's Build a Zoo and PC's Valheim. September 30th, Paw Patrol Grand Prix on Cloud Console and PC. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Certain Affinity has close to 100 people working on a big Halo Infinite project. Andy Robinson at VGC writes, Certain Affinity has shared more details on its role working on Halo Infinite and revealed its leading development on, quote, something big and new for the franchise, end quote. The prolific Texas-based support studio, which has collaborated on installments in Halo and Call of Duty franchises since 2007, announced earlier this year that it had taken on additional Halo Infinite development duties. Now the company has shared more details on what this entails, telling VentureBeat that its unannounced Infinite project is the largest currently active at the company. CEO Max Hoberman said, quote, The biggest thing we're doing that's public right now, for more than two years now we've been working on Halo Infinite doing something that they're very prescriptive about what we can say. But we're doing something unannounced, and we're doing lead development on that unannounced thing from conception to design. It's something big and new for the franchise, but I can't say any more about it. That's our single largest project of our three projects currently. We have to close to 100 developers working on that, end quote. In January, Windows Central said it had received hints that certain Affinity may be developing a new Halo Infinite game mode, which could be the shooter's take on Battle Royale or something else entirely. The report also backed up claims that Xbox is working on a Monster Hunter-style co-op game with certain Affinity. Microsoft's decision to entrust certain Affinity with additional Halo Infinite development duties is not surprising given their long-standing relationship and the trouble 343 has faced in releasing new content. This is very exciting. I personally am hoping that this 100-person team is working on Halo's take on Battle Royale. I'm really craving that next Battle Royale that hooks me in. Maybe it's Warzone 2.0, as this is going to be way farther out than Warzone 2.0. But I think it could just really work in the Halo universe with that gameplay, and the gunplay is just so good. Give me a reason to come play Halo Infinite. Number two, Rockstar responds to GTA 6 leak development to continue as planned. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Rockstar Games has now issued a statement following a massive illegal leak that saw 90 GTA 6 gameplay videos from early bids of the open world game uploaded to the internet. The statement from Rockstar confirms that, quote, an unauthorized third party, end quote, managed to access Rockstar's systems and download early development footage of Grand Theft Auto 6. Despite the leak, Rockstar says it does not, quote, anticipate any disruption, end quote, to any live game services, nor, quote, any long-term effect, end quote, on projects in development. 
Well, we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We'll update everyone soon, and of course, we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation, end quote. On Sunday, an anonymous user posted 90 videos on the website GTA forums, showing early GTA 6 gameplay, which confirmed Grand Theft Auto 6's Vice City setting, and that there are two protagonists, one of them being a female. The leaked video also showed off the game's combat, weapon, cars, and more. These videos quickly began to spread like wildfire over the internet, and soon after, Take-Two began issuing DMCA notices to get the footage removed. So it seems like this is the biggest leak in video game history in terms of quantity and early unannounced footage. As of recording this podcast, it seems that they found the 17-year-old from the UK that did it, although it hasn't been 100% confirmed. What a disruption, I feel for everyone at the studio that hasn't gotten to show this game in the way that they would like to. Personally, I thought the game looked great already, and it's so early, apparently a build from two years ago. All these people that say it looks bad clearly don't understand how games work or how they're put together, but we'll see this game in due time. It seems like it was further along than I initially thought, so maybe next year we'll get a blowout on this game and see more. Number three, Microsoft eased up on one DRM hurdle for disc games on Xbox. Mitchell Clark at The Verge writes, Microsoft is making it easier to play games on your Xbox Series X, even if it's offline. As of the 2208 update released earlier this month, you won't be forced to do an online compatibility check to play a game from an Xbox One disc. Instead, you can just pop the disc in, install the game, and play. No internet connection required. The change, which isn't listed as a feature of the 2208 update on Microsoft's site, was confirmed by Xbox engineering lead Eden Mary, who tweeted that the checks was removed because it wasn't necessary in the vast majority of cases when playing a cross-generation game on the Series X. YouTuber Hikimoro Media has a good breakdown of what the situation was before, but the TLDR is that some kind of mixed bag when you buy Xbox One games on discs. Some will be branded as Xbox One games, which obviously contain the version of the game meant for Microsoft slash gen consoles. Other games, however, are branded as working with both the Xbox Series X and Xbox One. The Xbox Series S doesn't have an optimal disk drive to insert games into, but sometimes the version of the game on the disc is for the Xbox One. Before the update, you'd have to be online to finish installing those games, so your Xbox could download info that allowed them to work with the newer console. Now you'll be able to install the Xbox One version of the game straight from the Xbox One or cross-generation disc and start playing it. Of course, if you want to download any updates on our enhancement packs for the Series X, you will still have to go online. You also have to go online to play the games that don't have all of the installed data available on the disc. That caveat means it's not a full-on victory for game preservation, but in theory, if Microsoft ever shut down its servers, you should still at least be able to play the version of the game that you have on disc. According to a new video from Hikamori Media, the situation for Xbox Series X exclusive game discs and games downloaded from the store is the same as it was before the update. You can play them totally offline, though if you want to do so for the latter, you'll have to be on your home Xbox. If you pop in an Xbox 360 or original Xbox disc, though you still won't be able to play it without going online first, Mary says, this is because the data on those discs can't be used directly. Microsoft has been working on making it easier to launch and play games on Xbox overall. It recently began testing badges on the console's home screen that make it easier at a glance whether a game is currently playable. A more complex story, but as noted in the news, 
This will go a little way towards game preservation and an issue that currently looms with all the digital downloads. Um, one for my Series X that went completely digital finally, no longer buying physical media, just for the convenience. But it does scare me one day if I can't play all these games, this is going a little bit in that right direction to help me play those games that I still have on discs in the years to come. Number 4, the Xbox September update brings library redesign, new installation options, and much more. Zachary Body at Windows Central writes, The latest suite of Xbox updates brings plenty of improvements to players. What you need to know. The Xbox September update is bringing a myriad of improvements to the entire Xbox ecosystem. Players will be able to customize the color of the Xbox button on Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers, with the white colorway now being available. The game's library is also being redesigned alongside new default installation options for games and apps, Xbox game bar sharing on PC, party noise chat suppression on Xbox One and PC, and mobile app parties are now included in the round of updates. The Xbox ecosystem regularly enjoys fresh updates to tweak the experience across Xbox, PC, and mobile platforms, add new features and improvements, and respond to community feedback and requests. The next round of updates for the Xbox ecosystem looks to bring a ton of new features to players as revealed by Microsoft on Wednesday. The Xbox September update is now rolling out to players, and there are plenty of exciting additions to explore. This is one of the more substantial Xbox platform updates in recent memory, with new features in tow for Xbox consoles, PC, and even the Xbox mobile app on Android and iOS. Some cool things in here, I do like how the games library is rolled out, and shortly after recording this podcast, I'm going to go see what I can change my color to. Thinking about purple on my Series 2 black controller. Number 5. Logitech announces Xbox Cloud Gaming and GeoForce Now handheld. Tom West at True Achievements writes, Logitech has announced that its new cloud-only handheld device, the G Cloud, will be launching in October with access to Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox Remote Play, NVIDIA GeoForce Now, and many more factory features. Only last month, Logitech and Tencent announced a partnership that would see the two companies work on a cloud gaming device to compete in the handheld console market. The device has now been revealed as the Logitech G Cloud, which will launch with Xbox Cloud Gaming and GeoForce Now as standard features. Players in North America will have a chance to use the new device when it releases on October 17th for $349.99, though it's got a limited time price of $299.99 for those that pre-order. Sporting a 7-inch 1080p screen and a 60Hz refresh rate, the Logitech G Cloud is solely designed to take advantage of cloud gaming. Much like its rivals such as the Steam Deck and Nintendo Switch, Logitech's device comes with all the buttons and triggers built into the device itself and requires a Wi-Fi connection. Logitech G Cloud weighs in at 1.27 pounds, which is much lighter than the Steam Deck's 1.47 pounds, and is said to have a 12 hour plus battery life. The device comes with Xbox Cloud Gaming and GeoForce Now pre-installed as shortcuts on the G Cloud's home screen, as well as Xbox Remote Play and Steam Link, so you can stream your full library of games from your console or PC over a local network. As is standard with any device using Xbox Cloud Gaming, you will need to have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to access the cloud compatible from the service. This is kind of cool, but it just seems to be a miss at $349.99 MSRP after the pre-order. That seems way too much for a cloud-only device when you can get a Switch for cheaper than that. And honestly, anyone with a newer phone, me, I have an iPhone 13 Pro Max, I don't see why I would ever need this. Actually, on Football Sundays over the last weekend, I finally broke out Xbox Remote Play. I would not really ever tried it before, and I was able to play Destiny 2 pretty flawlessly with my Backbone controller. So why would I need this? I don't know. We will be interested to see more reviews and previews as we get closer. And number 6, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands has done well enough to become a new franchise for Gearbox. Ryan Leston at IGN writes, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands developer Gearbox says the Borderlands spinoff is now the start of a new franchise all of its own. Gearbox Software has called the Borderlands spinoff a major victory after a solid launch, with CEO Randy Pitchford saying that Gearbox now sees this as a new franchise with, quote, future experiences already under development, end quote. 
Quote, Wonderland shattered all of our target expectations, both critically and commercially, end quote, said Pitchford during the Embracer Group's annual general meeting. Quote, and I'm thrilled to report that in addition to great financial rewards from this victory that will be coming our way in the coming quarters, we have established a firm beachhead, and we now clearly have a new franchise on our hands, end quote. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was released back in March of 2022, adapting the RPG-style action of Borderlands 2 DLC Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep and turning it into its own standalone game. It was met with positivity from fans and critics alike. Clearly the game has been enough of a commercial success that Gearbox is keen to make more. Whether that means additional games in the franchise or additional DLC remains to be seen. I wanted to include this as big as the Borderlands franchise and I guess now Tiny Tina's is. I personally loved Borderlands 1. I played Borderlands 2 for maybe like 20 to 25 hours three different times and for some reason just never beat it and then never played 3 or Tiny Tina's. I really enjoyed those games but I guess playing them by myself after a while just got kind of boring. This may be sad for some who wanted to see a proper return to the Borderlands franchise but guess what, seems like you're going to be on a Tiny Tina's journey for quite a while. As always we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox and given certain affinities work on a hopeful Halo Battle Royale, let's do another Halo 2 fact. Credit to Ranker.com. Did you know John Mayer secretly played on two Halo 2 tracks? Halo 2 is widely considered to have one of the best video game soundtracks of all time. While it was mostly the work of Martin O'Donnell and his partner Michael Salvatore, there were some notable inclusions from bands such as Breaking Benjamin, Incubus, and Hoobastank. However, one of the musical cameos remained a secret for a very long time. O'Donnell revealed in a 2014 documentary that singer-songwriter John Mayer played guitar on two of the tracks. Apparently, Mayer is a big fan of the series and it didn't take much persuasion to get him to land a hand off the books. I did not know this until reading the fact that I am kind of a John Mayer fan, used to be more back in the day, but this is cool and this video game soundtrack for Halo 2 is one of the best of all times. It absolutely rocks and that Breaking Benjamin is a banger in there. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, as I mentioned earlier, I was checking out Xbox Remote Play for the first time, and I was surprised about how well it worked with my Backbone controller. Really enjoyed my time with it, and I bounced around a number of Game Pass games. Let's run it back. I checked out Multiverses for a hot minute, and it was totally fine. Midnight Flight Express was cool, but just didn't hook me. Metal Hellsinger, just maybe not a good game to try in cloud, wasn't really working too well. Tunic was good, but it was hard, and I guess it wasn't what I was looking for. Superliminal was a cool puzzle game. I got kind of stumped and just kind of gave up. Shredders did not do anything for me. Serious Sam 4. It was more Serious Sam. Totally fine. Didn't really play much more. And I checked out The Pedestrian, which was a neat puzzle game, but I just got kind of bored as the itch to go and play Destiny 2 was too strong, and that's where I played a majority of my time, and it worked really good just to grind out some stuff. Obviously, I'm not playing PvP, but hey, I enjoyed my time with it. My name is Brandon Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.